This is a Soulfire production. I am beyond excited for you to hear today's episode with my dear friend and client, Peyton Hughes. I met Peyton a while back when we were in the same mastermind together run by Abby Gibb, and I just met so many incredible women in that mastermind. Peyton was one of the people who stood out to me immediately because I could tell the second I saw her, I could tell we were very similar. And when I first met her, I met her as this high-powered CEO, mom of two, juggling all the things doing all the things perfectly, not as into the woo as me. You know, I was like the the woo-woo channel in the group, but I immediately wanted to connect with her further because I could just tell we had so much in common in the way that we talked about things and approached things. She's such a badass and I could tell immediately that she's a channel, she's intuitive, she's a healer. And as I learned more about Peyton, I found out that she grew up as a pastor's daughter and watched her go through the space of really exploring spirituality in her own way, which overlapped with me working with her in a number of capacities. She's been through, I think, pretty much everything I've ever offered, fully opened up her intuitive gifts. She went through a high 70 energy healing training, and she talks about in today's episode how she uses that for herself consistently with her family, for her business. She is a master manifester, checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars, brand new Tesla, so much fun stuff. For those of you in the Channel Collective, you know Payton. It's been really incredible for me to have worked with her in a number of capacities and see her applying things that I share and and the guides share and and seeing what she's creating in her life. And so I've known Payton as this leader in the personal development space, in the leadership space, in the entrepreneurship space, gotten to know her and her husband as not only just the most loving, genuine humans, but truly incredible, heartfelt, highly successful business owners. They own San Luis Obispo's top fitness center and also started a coaching certification program while Peyton does consulting and speaking and all other kinds of projects on the side. And you know what she's been working on is her new book, Take Two, which just came out. The full title is Take Two, How a Simple Daily Habit Increased My Health, Wealth, and Happiness. And this book had me laughing, had me crying. I've read it multiple times. Every time I've read it in one sitting, like a movie, I just could not take my eyes off of the pages. And you know what this story is? This is a story of Peyton, who is being Superwoman, doing so many things, and one day face plants on her kitchen floor. Her body gives out. She had to make a life change. And how did she get there? By taking two hours every single day for herself. So we get into what that means in the episode and the hilarious story of how she got there, which was really her spiritual awakening journey. But you know what this book is really about? It's about self-love. It's about self-discovery. It's about boundaries. It's about ending people-pleasing, getting out of this habit of sacrificing ourselves and our own needs for the sake of other people, when what that actually does is it just burns us to the ground and we can't show up for people anyway when we are in that state. It's a really powerful story that I feel is so relatable for so many people. I know I could certainly relate to it. I think especially any working mothers, gotta get your hands on this book. I have a whole list of people I wanna send it to. Women, men, parents, not parents, 
entrepreneurs. I think if you're an entrepreneur, you can totally connect with this. I cannot recommend this book enough. It was just so good. It was so entertaining. It's so real. It's so raw. It's so vulnerable. It's so honest. It's hilarious. Just Peyton's voice. Like this Peyton in general, I love her personality because she's so no bullshit and so straightforward, but she's just hilarious. She's hilarious. So it is highly entertaining, but there are so many deep truths underneath this that I think so many of us can connect with. I I just think you got to get your hands on it ASAP. And I feel like a book like this is real leadership. It's real leadership. It is what's going on behind the scenes in people's lives we look at and it's like, oh, they have all the success. How are they doing it all? And what is that looking like? And then what does it look like when somebody who is in a leadership position is like, you know what, I need to turn this around and I'm going to step up as the leader that I am and be an example of healthy boundaries for everybody here so we can all actually feel good in this. Personally, what I think is real leadership is authenticity and honesty. And that is what this book is. So I cannot recommend this enough. All of the links will be in the show notes. So you can check out the book and connect with Peyton further, PeytonHughes.com. Again, the book is called Take Two. And this podcast actually has a few shout outs in the book, which, you know, made me feel very flattered, but the podcast itself felt very flattered. So if you are ready to get out of people-pleasing behaviors and self-sabotage and learn to set healthy boundaries and really take control of your reality, your health, your happiness, your finances, this book is for you. It's about committing to yourself. I will also add, because we do talk a bit about a high in this episode, I am running one more round of a high training this year as this airs. That will be opening up mid-October. So if you've been wanting to train in energy healing with me, getting attuned to a high, which is the frequency that I use and I attune other people in, make sure you get on the wait list because it's going to be full. I will put the links in the show notes below. And in a high, there's level one, which is learning to use this energy for yourself. So if you just want to be able to send energy to yourself, just use it on yourself. Level one is for you. Level two is if you want to be able to send it to other people. So there are two levels depending on what you're looking for. And it's all the same wait list. So I will put that in the show notes below for you to check out. So that's my little high update. Let's go ahead and get into the interview. I cannot wait to hear your feedback on this one. So enjoy this conversation with the incredible Peyton Hughes. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating. So only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch, the way that this community has supported me. It truly, truly means the world. And I really couldn't have done this without you. So thank you so much for that. 
And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina the channel so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody you know. Let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. So I like to start every show with a few questions to help the listeners get to know you. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you know these? I don't actually. So <laughs> you said that I was like, geez, I listened to this. How do I not know what this is? I feel like I black out every time she asks them. Okay. Okay. Well, that's perfect. I, the universe did that for me. All right. So first, how do you like to start your day? Uh, truthfully, by taking a big giant breath and telling myself it's okay that it's not going to be the rhythm that I want. Mm. So I'm in a state, I would say, of um, acceptance that I've got two little kids and they wake me up every day. Yeah. And I think I released my need for my morning routine because I was so regimented before kids and I just have an early riser and I've had an early riser since he was born and he's been a 4 a.m. person since day one and now I've got him into like 5.45. There you go. My first start to my day is him kissing me or yelling or screaming. And I wake up and just, this is going to be a great start to the day. I mean, I love that answer. I think it's really helpful for people to hear, you know, because like, I think about that a lot and we'll get into it more in the episode, but I think about it a lot of like, okay, so there's so many things about my lifestyle right now that I know are going to shift the second I live with somebody again. And then when I have kids and as business changes and it's like, I always feel like that for other parents listening. And when people say their morning routine and I'm like, I'm like, look, my morning routine is completely unfucking realistic for anybody with children or a family. And I'm well aware of that, but like right now I don't have those responsibilities. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Leaning into it. What I want to say is like, oh, I take two hours every day. That's my Mm -hmm. routine. But my, that routine gets shoved into wherever I can get it that day. So the wake up is this is my reality. I'm choosing this and this is okay. That's the mindset I have to go into my day with to have a good one. And I think that's perfect. We'll get into the two hours in a bit because we've got, we've got lots to talk about. (laughs) Two hours. Okay. Next is what's a product you're really into right now. It could be a food product, a supplement, skincare, a, a book a crystal could be anything physical. Um, well, I'm really into mushy love right now, which I know you brought into my world, um, through Mimi, I'm just like obsessed with the taste of it. And so it's it's kind of this kind of highly powerful concentrate of, of mushroom magic that actually does taste like a cinnamon swirl. And at first I was like, yeah, right. It's probably going to be like so chalky and it wasn't. And so I, I like savor it every morning. It's part of my, I love that. Do you like it hot or cold? How do you make it? Um, right now my favorites with oat milk or some kind of heated milk alternative. And then I just have it with just that. I actually just like its own taste. 
Love it. So good. I had some this morning. It's yeah. I'm obsessed. Everybody listening. It's really good. Your hands on it. So, okay. <laughs> love that shout out. I did not plug that. She just did that. Yeah. That was, that was so organic. That was organic. That was genuine. Okay. Okay. Next is, um, astrology, sun, moon rising. Oh man. I feel like I need to cheat. Um, my astrology sign is Gemini. Pretty yeah. sure my son is also in Gemini. I'm trying Isn't to like your whole family a Gemini. Yeah, basically, basically everyone but Gemini's. my daughter are yeah. Gemini's. <laughs> so <laughs> oh we have God. a lot of fun energy of deciding who's going to show up every yeah. day and we just go with it. <laughs> do you know your moon and your rising? It's okay if you don't. I'm trying, I do have, want me to pull it up? I mean, if it's this easy. Is where I feel like I don't know this very well, but let me see what I got here. So I do know what it is. Okay, so my sun is in Gemini. My moon is in Scorpio. Hmm. There we go. And I'm not sure what rising is. Ascendant. I don't know. I could show you this and you'd be like, that's what it is, but I don't know. Oh, ascendance, cancer. Okay. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. You're glad you feel like that makes sense. Your moon is your like, like emotions, your inner world, right? Very Scorpio that tracks for you. And then your ascendant, well, it depends on what type of astrology you are tuning into because there are different types, but you can think about it like the ascendant is if you're a book, it's the cover. And then your sun sign is like, what's the energy inside, but like, how does the rest of the world see you? And so they'll Mm -hmm. see you as more of a cancer. Yeah. Which would be around family and loyalty. Yeah. 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 All that spiritual stuff. So that tracks, love that. That Scorpio, that sexual energy that wants to come out. And (laughs) And in every reading it shows up and I'm always like, the pastor's kid in me like turns six shades redder and I'm so, <laughs> I'm so making more at home with it, but I'm not fully there yeah. either. I mean, you just, you just wrote about it I know. in a book for everybody to read. So you got to own it at this point. I, you know what I mean? Yes. When I go talk about me having orgasms on a hillside, yeah. yes, I'm aware of it and still in progress around it. Still I shedding mean, so much around that subject. Such is life. That's how I always feel. Everything I talk yeah. about, I'm like, I'm never ready for anything I've said, but I've said it. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so okay, true. So that tracks, that tracks. Okay. What about and I know you know this. I know you know your human design, energy type, and your profile. Yeah. So I'm a manifesting generator two four. Here we go. That's how we get along. I love a good two four. <laughs> I love two. Yeah. I mean, I basically have learned to curate a community of people who can mirror to me what I'm yeah. naturally good at because I'm always in a place of going, well, this seems normal, isn't everybody? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's not. That gets to be your special thing. Totally. Well, I, I mean, I don't do it on purpose, but I notice I just drive really well with people with a two line. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have plenty of friends who don't have a two line, but especially just in terms of the style of friendship, because we're on the same rhythm of like, everybody's a hermit and doesn't want to talk to each other. And then nobody gets offended. And a lot of my friends who are, who don't have a two, they're definitely more like, let's hang out more. And I'm like, oh, I literally can't. It's not about you. I just, yeah, I I need to go in a hole for five weeks. So I'll see you later. So there's that, that second line that, that unites. So, okay. Love it. Perfect. And then last thing, what's a topic you're really into right now? Something you are learning about or thinking about exploring, like what's been on your mind? I think literally this week, it's actually human design. I've been going deep diving into how the signs of like your astrological sign influences each gate and what personality each gate is locked in. And so decoding that I've been nerding out hard on that. And what are you learning about yourself through it? 
um, that I like for me, it's like the rhythm channel is one of my big channels and how much that I really have the ability to be very structured and very organized and very like action oriented, but I'm with, I'm more around my life being like that, but with relationships, I'm very easygoing. Mm. And so that was really interesting because as I've gone through so much shifting and coming into my natural design, that has shown up in my relationships. I'm so much more easygoing, let people off the hook. Like there's no hooks with me. It's sort of like, I'm so glad you're here. This is really great to see you. And if I don't see you for six more months, it's fine. Whereas I used to be more controlling around that and pull from that more structured side of me and that created problems. So now I'm like, wow, this is powerful that I was so out of that design and I'm coming back home. Yeah. I have that one too. And I found that like, I mean, it's been a huge deconditioning from the way I was brought up and the way I lived into like quad rightness, first of all. But then the more I started trying to lean into that, and then I realized, oh, I do have that rhythm, like that knack for knowing timing. And because I was so structured that never really got a chance to show up, you know, because it was all just like planned ahead of time. Uh, And I feel like now that I'm less planned, things just they just work out as they need to kind of like, remember when we got lunch and like you were late, but I was also late. Uh, (laughs) you didn't know that. (laughs) I did not know that. Thanks for telling me that now. (laughs) So it's like, anytime I'm late, cause I'm like notoriously late. I'm just always late. And I used to be like, Oh, it's the LA in me. Like once I moved to LA, I'm just always late to everything. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you say be there at three, it's really like be there at four. Uh, but I also at this point just don't even give a shit anymore. Cause I'm like, I'm going to show up when I'm supposed to be showing up. So yeah. that's just the way it is. The line that comes out of my mouth a lot is if it's meant to be, it's meant to be like, if someone exactly. reschedules with me, I'm like, it's okay. Cause like when it's supposed to work out, it's going to be awesome. And people are like, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. So that. it all works out. I mean, speaking of that, like, let's get into, so you just released your new book, take two, which is so, so incredible. Uh, and I, I wish I had a, I don't have a hard copy yet. I've just been going off the digital. There it is. Oh my God. It's so, so beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And everybody listening, you have to get your hands on it. I have like, I have a list on my phone of like a billion people I'm going to mail it to once I can get the hardcover because it's just so good. Uh, I can't tell you that enough. Like I was literally laughing out loud. Like I'm like laying on my bed, just like laughing out loud. And to be honest, I don't really like that many books. (laughs) (laughs) So I was laughing out loud. I was like crying alongside you. And I feel like for me, it was really it touched on a lot of things that I think about a lot and, and I'm not a mom, mm-hmm. you know, but it definitely touched on things that I like fears I've had around like when that phase of my life comes, you know, and I think it was really helpful for me to see a really realistic yeah, account of what's really going on. And just like that permission of like, okay, somebody like you, who I think about when I first started to get to know you and you very much present as like, everything is very perfect and proper and structured and there is no chaos and like, yeah. And then you get the behind the scenes look. And I think it just like, when people hear that you can just kind of relax into, okay, everybody's kind of trying to figure it out. And I think, especially when you're painting that picture and then this idea of taking two hours, it's like, okay, if she can do it, then Uh I can certainly do it. So I want you to share what taking two hours means and why you decided to write a book about it. Okay. So when people ask me a lot of times, it's, what do you mean you take two hours? Like, what is that? And I always say, 
forever, I would invest in all these personal development tools and books and frameworks. And it was also like, choose joy or let go. And I'm always like, what does that even look like? Like I would get, I'm so practical about stuff. I'm like, what do you mean you're doing this? I need to attach to something that's like a logical black and white situation. For me, that actually was putting two hours into my schedule. I don't know any day what I'm going to do with those two hours, but what I do with it is like, I make sure every day there's a two hour chunk and some days they're split to be totally honest, but most of the time it's like scheduled out and I show up that day and the recovering people pleaser in me has healed so much because of this. I show up every day and ask myself, what do I need right now? And I have two hours to do it. And the reason two hours is so magical is because I feel like it gives me time to drive somewhere cool. If I'm in a really weird emotional state and there's no way I could meditate at all or do anything like for myself, it gives me time to get out of that authentically. And then I still have time to not feel pressured or feel like I'm going to run out of time and have to run back to the office or run back home. And then it gives me time to drive back. Basically what two hours gives you is the ability to couch in a full hour of uninterrupted space where you're not rushing anywhere and you have nowhere else to be. And that's where the magic is for me. That's where a lot of my healing has happened. Yeah. And I was thinking about that like this morning, because I mean, I feel like I get a lot of time for myself, but whenever it's fragmented, it doesn't feel like I have time. Like if I have 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there, or even like this morning, I was thinking this, I was running between different things in the morning. And I was like, I had a one hour block. And even within that one hour block, I'm like, I don't have enough time in this one hour block to like settle in to myself. And it really does make a big difference when it's chunked together. Cause it's like, how much time it takes us to actually decompress. Like I always say, like when I go away for a week, I always tell people, I'm like, go away for seven days. It's not until day four that you're going to relax. Totally. Same with vacations. It's like, I'm sure they've done studies on it. You leave for a week, you spend like three days unwinding and like two days anticipating your return. And you're left with like a few days of just pure bliss. Exactly. Well, that same time, that's just how we run in our society or selves to just like, we have to truly like take a breath and like sink into that space. And that's not super quick. It's not something you turn a light switch on and off with because we're humans. We're not computers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's more we have to work through. So anyways, that's the big thing. And some people go, well, why can't it just be five minutes or 15 minutes? I'm like, because I don't know about you, but like, is your life changing in five minutes? Maybe it is, but that's not the book that I'm going to write. It's not the story I'm telling because it's not what I've lived. I tried all the five minute, 15 minute hacks. And honestly, like, when your kids are screaming at you and your business is being shuttered by the pandemic, like, I'm sorry, there weren't enough 15 minute time blocks for me to actually feel okay with what was happening. So I love that you have that perspective because I feel like there's a lot of that in the personal development space of like, and I, and I agree, things don't have to take a long time. I think there's a lot of things in our lives that, especially I'll say business, we make yeah. things take a lot longer than they need to. And actually we could be working a lot less in yeah. and on the business than we need to be. And so we take too much time doing things, but I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, just meditate for two minutes. And it's like, it's not like that's not going to help you, but if I'm being honest about my practice, like, yeah, I'm in deep for a while. And if I don't get enough time, like if I'm not yeah. very selfish with that much time, I don't feel as good. Yeah, I agree. Like go in, go, go all the way in. Um, so I want you to paint a picture of where you were at and like what your lifestyle was like when you decided to take the two hours. Okay. So 
at the time. So I'm an Enneagram three for anyone that's into the Enneagram world, which basically means I live for the chase of the awards and the achievements. And basically just like, I actually, no joke as a high schooler, when I'd feel down on myself, I had an entire shrine built out to all my awards from soccer and public speaking and debate. Like I had all the trophies. I know it's so classic. And I would like, look at it and be like, you're okay, Peyton, you're enough. Like (laughs) every therapist should cringe, but that was like me in high school, fast forward to build a seven figure business on my husband's dream and helped him to put that into the world. It's a brick and mortar fitness business, which is important because where I was when this whole thing was happening was in the middle of a pandemic that shuttered our business. And we pivoted like 12 times and we had trying to convince baby boomers to remote train with us who were in fear of their lives. And having two little babies. Like I had an eight month old and a three-year-old at home, which are incredibly, like probably the most exhausting time for a parent is infancy or toddler mode with multiples. It's just insane. And no one talks about it enough and acts like you can zen your way through it. I haven't found that hack. So I felt like I was drinking through a fire hydrant energetically every second of every day. And I had almost convinced myself that was okay but my body wasn't so convinced. Every 10 days I was getting my period for six months. My, I had boils breaking out all over my face. You're probably like going, this is what was wrong. This is what was wrong. But I had no awareness to that. And I was like, just shoving all the symptoms down, thinking I could uh, muscle through it. Meanwhile, projecting out true Gemini Enneagram three fashion, my life is okay. Everything's awesome. I'm so proud of myself because I had to felt like I had to do that to get people to believe our business would survive. Like if they didn't believe our business would survive, they bail and we would have no revenue and we didn't miss payroll for any of our employees during this time. So I was so stressed out and in complete denial thinking I was saving the day. So that's where I was when I almost ran into a tree on a five minute commute from work to my home. I don't even remember the drive. I do remember narrowly missing a tree, snapping out of it enough to wonder if anyone had seen me because I would be embarrassed if anyone locally saw me because that's the level I cared about. Got myself home. Don't even remember the nanny leaving and face plant on my kitchen floor in front of my two kids. And I can't move. That's where I was. Like, I remember kind of coming to with my kid, my oldest daughter saying, mommy, what's wrong with you? And my son just this like landing on my chest and giving me this big hug and whimpering. And I couldn't hug him back because I couldn't move any of my, I couldn't move my entire body for half an hour. And I was so scared. I honestly was, I'm a borderline hypochondriac anyways. So I'm like sitting there going, the one thing that I have not counted on in all of this is that my body wouldn't show up for me. And that's what I looked. I thought it was my body's fault. I was mad. I was upset at it versus your body has been telling you for a long time that things aren't okay and you haven't been paying attention. So this is what it's come to. And so um, my mentor at the time, Allison Bird, had told me, Peyton, you need to show up for your own rescue and stop waiting for the universe to deliver you on a silver platter, all of your dreams. Like, what are you actually doing to like show up for yourself and get yourself out of this situation. And then she said, cause I'm like, I don't know, like, how do you show up for the universe? Like, stop telling me these things that sound so quotable and I don't even know how to make it actionable. And she was like, go to Sedona on a soul adventure, call my friend, angel guide, Rick, which just about buried me in humor. Cause I'm like, what is that job title? First of all. And then she was like, just go for a week. 
And I'm like thinking to myself, how do I ask Michael to run the family, run both businesses? Cause we had a trainer certification business at the same time horrible launching timeline. So both of those businesses were on the ropes and I'm just going to peace out for a week. It was like not the ideal situation, but like every, before I even knew I was a sacral being, every part of me was like, go like, yes, this is right. Just do it. And so I did, I booked two speaking gigs so I could pay for it. So no one could argue about the cost of doing this. And then I just like literally five days later, I was in Sedona on my soul adventure. And that's, Yeah. So that, and then that's probably the part you were laughing at because I am like pastor's kid, totally taught that anything potentially witchcraft related, it could like send you to hell. You can't have anything to do with it. And I find myself not even realizing that these aren't therapists because I thought they were therapists. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's so interesting for me and I want to like pause at that point for a second, but it's so interesting for me because I feel like I watched you from another angle. Like I didn't know all of that was going on, but when we first met, I could tell him like, it was like, (laughs) I'm the weird woo woo person. Right. And like that, like I can imagine you, like when somebody says, Oh, go talk to angel guide, Rick or whatever uh, his his name was you you being like, what the fuck? Like, and being like, this is a fucking joke. Uh, I can, I can, I know that part of you, but then I also watched on like this other side, you start to like open up and now you're the person who is like talking about, Oh, I was talking to my spirit guides. And then I, you know, I was having astral sex over here and I was just like, okay, there we go. Right. And like, and then you like became an energy healer and I'm like, just the, this full circle moment. Uh, And that's what I think is so, so great about it. Like if anybody can, if you can take that turn, (laughs) anyone can take that turn. You know, that's what what the whole book is about is like literally like this was my experience and I like try to take the reader with me through Mm -hmm. my entire thought process going through so they could go okay I can see why you acclimated to that or I can see why after time that became something that you recognized as truthful because it's not as as extreme as it was my timeline in terms of my awakening it was only because I had time every single day to invest in it and when you do that with anything, you're going to accelerate for sure. 100%. 100%. I mean, that's why I tell people it's like, go on, if you want a weekend retreat, that's like a legit immersive retreat or a week long thing, yeah. like your entire life will change because you have that concentrated vortex yeah. of time and space to actually shift into it. The same, the same reason yeah. why when you're talking about, yeah, five minutes a day, wasn't getting me anywhere. I need a, I need two damn hours every single day. It's the same thing. And and I'll say like, you guys have to read the book and just read all the stories of this soul adventure because it was so good. (laughs) It was so good. Uh, And I'm I'm reading like, wow, this sounds ideal. I'm loving this. And I'm just imagining you being like, oh my God, I'm not going to run around on a rock like (laughs) naked, you know? Um, And so, but I want to stop at that point where it's like your body shuts down on you and and your mentor is saying, stop waiting for the universe to deliver yeah. this to you, show up for the universe. And you're thinking, I've been busting my ass being yeah. Miss Perfect. I'm doing everything right. Like, why the hell is my body shutting down on me? And I feel that there are, well, I know 
there are so many entrepreneurs, I talk to them every day who are at that place right there. And they haven't gotten to the place of saying yes to their soul adventure. They're like stuck in my body is shutting down. It might not have been a face plant, but it's like my adrenals are, are screwed. I'm exhausted. I'm living off of coffee all day. I'm barely sleeping. And it's like, they're dragging their body along and their body is giving them signals And they're being like, I'm doing everything right. I am doing what I need to do to succeed and to take time off. Absolutely not. I mean, the number of people I talk to, because I always say you need to take a week off and everybody goes, oh no, no, can't too scary, too scary. I I can't do that. Uh, And I always wonder, I'm like, what is going to be your tipping point? Like, like, when is that going to be? And so for the person that's in that space, I'm curious on the other side, like, what would you say to them? Like, like, cause that person's probably thinking, what the hell does that mean? Show up for the universe. And so now yeah. that you've gone through to the other side, what, what did that mean? And what would you tell that person? Well, so what I would tell that person would be what I would have warned myself is you will learn this. How do you want to learn it? I mean, that's the, I, that's the tough love truth that I know is if you don't listen now, you will listen. And how is it going to be? Is it a face plant for you? Is it autoimmune for you? Is it like, how is this going to show up in your life? I just had um, a dear friend and client of mine literally say, Peyton, I want to be able to incorporate the two hours into my life, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. Same thing, body shutting down, like all the warning signs, but I know enough to be like, I have to respect that it's your choice when you want to activate this in your life. Cause no one can make you do it for yourself. She just fell down the stairs and broke her leg. And our next coaching call was her saying, I think this is my face plant. And if I hadn't been coaching with you, I would never have had that perspective. But now I'm recognizing that this is the permission slip that I needed to write myself, but I couldn't do it through vacation. So I got written it through breaking my leg and being on painkillers for six weeks, which side note, not on too many painkillers anymore, but to me, that's what I would tell people. It's like, Hey, if I were on your spirit team, I'd be like, you matter too much to let us watch you waste this away. So what do you want your team to be doing? Giving you small lessons and little lessons and like read someone's book, listen to someone's podcast, talking about their health journey for you to go. That feels aligned for me. And then just don't wait for it to be your story. That's what I would say. Yeah. And I completely agree. And that's where like, I always say with the type of person we think very similar, we're very similar, that entrepreneur type, that, you know, type three perfectionist type high achiever. It usually is always the physical body. That's the thing where the universe is like, wake up because we're so stubborn. Nothing else is going to get us off track. And I think my question for you is genuinely, because I've thought about this myself. I'm like, do you think that could there have been any other thing? Hmm. besides your physical body that would have woken you up because I will, I I have that conversation with people and I'm like, look, it's either going to be, you do this willingly. You take this time for yourself or your body's you're going to get smacked on your ass and your body's going to pay for it. And it's not going to be pretty like, which way do you want to go? And a lot of people still aren't motivated. Right. And I, and I wonder, I'm like, is there anything anyone could say to this person or is it just going to have to go down that way? Like, and I'm just genuinely curious, do you think that there could have, like, would there have been anything that would have helped you to see that? Or do you think it really was going to take your face plant? For me personally, I do think the face plant was the best way because I operate in extremes as a person. Like it's in every personality chart in the world. It's like, I will flip, I will commit hardcore to anything. I will do anything all in, like it's all or nothing for me. So because of that, the face plant was the all or nothing move. My husband on the other side, isn't necessarily an all or nothing person. 
his journey is, is longer than mine, but he's been walking alongside of my shifts and witnessing those shifts. And he is migrating without having to face plant into his spiritual awakening. And so to me, I'm going, that's an interesting difference. Maybe it's that you, someone close to you, you're witnessing things change, or you're seeing an evolution that feels like it's rubbing off on you in some way. But for me, I don't know that it could have rubbed off on me. I think I just needed to face plant. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that answer. I feel the same way. I'm like, there wasn't going to be anything that woke me up except yeah. my physical body. Like, cause I'm the same. It's yeah. like, once I've decided I'm doing something and I'm committed, I like, there's nothing that's going to take me off. You got, you got to yeah. physically pull me off the path, you know? And I think that that's part of like both of us, part of our journeys and, and many other people listening, it's like being the example, you know, I, I wish yeah. I wasn't that way in, in some ways, but I also know that a lot of people are going to read your book or hear this podcast or people hear my story and they're like, okay, I'm learning from her. Uh, and other people have that ability. I'm more of a, got to slap me in the face personally, you know? So people hopefully do learn through this, but I think it's an important you know, thing to think about. And like, if you tune into what did it mean for you to show up for the universe? What did that mean? Well, I mean, it started off with showing up for me, like as a divine vessel, right? Like if I can't even show up for me, I don't know how the universe could use me in this world because I can't even show up for myself. So that was like lesson number one. Can you even show up for two hours, which felt audacious and wild. And I had so much resistance from humans around me going, why are you doing this? So just having to say, I'm doing it for me. And that's where the stubbornness helped. So I'll mm -hmm. honor that. I had my stubbornness showed up for me too. And it was like, okay, we got the message we face planted. And now we've got the message. We're going to internalize it and we're going to go hard and we're going to give it three weeks and we're going to do it for three weeks. And if it works, we're going to keep going. Um, but showing up for me from was the first step because then I started to learn to trust myself. And then I was able to go into intuition, but I feel like intuition was part of how I learned to trust myself, but I also stopped self-betraying. So that helped to build that relationship back. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about logistics of the two hours. Okay. Yeah, sure. Because like big picture, the two hours helped you uh, with your relationship with yourself, with your health, spirituality, connecting with your intuitive gifts, uh, your sex life, like money, yeah. relationship with yeah. money, like everything, right? Everything has come from yeah. these two hours. Logistically though, because that's where we have to start. Because I know people are listening and they're like, that sounds great. How would I fit that in? And I know like you've been doing this consistently for a long time. So what does that look like to actually fit it in? So funny enough, I have the most control over my life during the work week. So weirdly enough, Monday through Friday, I am locked and loaded. The weekends are the most haphazard because it's sort of like, are we in town? Do we have guests? When can I fit this in? You know, Michael's now taking more of a lead with the kids versus someone I'm paying to be with my children. So I don't mind paying someone so I can go take two hours. But when it's an inner, like an exchange between an equal partner, it's a little, it was a little funky. But the way that I've done it is I pretty much decided early on I, I don't know. And I now probably it was my intuition talking. And at the time I wasn't aware of my ability to hear thoughts form from this, from spirit and understand that that was a guidance. But I had this thought that felt transformative, which was Peyton, you are so burned out. Don't pretend like you're actually working full work days, just straight up. You are staring at a computer screen for a full two hours for sure. So honestly, if you're going to find the time, don't pull it from family. Cause that'll clash with my values. Don't pull from like your sleep. Cause that's idiotic. And your body is basically like floundering on the floor over here. Like it needs to recover anyways, pull it from work and just see if you can pull it off. And then the Enneagram three in me is like, 
hell yeah, I can pull this off. Let's go. Let's see if I can do this. And then like Tim Ferriss has this four hour work week. And I'm like, can I make a four hour work day happen? And that felt empowering. So I actually would leave every, at the same time, I didn't mess my kid's schedule up at all. And I would just go take my two hours before I would go to work. And so I just shifted all of my obligations or meetings to 11 to three. And that became my new framework. I also decided Fridays were for creative days and Mondays were helping my husband run our two companies. And so that's what I just did. I just, I reconstructed my Monday through Friday and made that work for me. And then Saturdays, I started to realize that if I could leave in the early morning, it worked better for the family because the kids were waking up, having breakfast, watching cartoons, et cetera. And Michael would, because they were distracted and doing their own thing, he would have a little bit of time for himself and it wasn't resentful. So that's how I actually structured it. And I pretty much stick to that to this day. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that thought process is really helpful of how do I know where I'm pulling it from? Yeah. You know, because I, that, that is the real piece of it. It's like, something's got to give, you know? Yeah. So like if you're not, and it's definitely not going to be sleep. And I think that's the problem that a lot of people have. It's like, well, where am I going to pull it from? And we have to get really real with ourselves about yeah. where we're wasting time. Cause that's so true. I think everybody in business, like spend so much time doing nothing. Like if you did not yeah. scroll social media, you'd easily get yeah so many hours. <laughs> I think, I think I daily get like five hours a day or something on social media at the time. And I was like, okay, there's two hours right there. Like we have it. Yeah. And I know Jay Shetty talks a lot about exchanging entertainment for education. That's one of his little hacks. So I had that in the back of my mind of like, you know, am, should I do it when I do Netflix? I just found that I didn't want to give myself my worst energy and my Netflix energy was never the best energy. I'll take it if it's all I can get that day. But at 8 PM is not when I really want to show up for my soul and just meditate because I'm going to fall asleep. Cause I'm yeah. a mom and an entrepreneur all day long. So I pretty much said, I'm going to challenge myself to work 10 hours less per day for a week. Excuse me. Yeah. I'll like, go for 10 hours less a day. <laughs> but even just selling my business partner and husband on, I'm going to work 10 hours less. If you have been looking for a place to take a deep dive into all things, intuition, manifestation, brain rewiring, spiritual awakening, and activating miracles in your own life, then the Channel Collective is the place for you. I know it can feel like a lot as you shift into 5D and shed those old layers and start to see things in a new way. You're connecting to who you really are and you might have a lot of questions. You might feel confused or even lonely, but I also know that you have that deep thirst for knowledge and that is why I'm so excited about the Channel Collective membership. This community is a safe, welcoming space to help you explore your spirituality and your unique gifts while connecting with other like-minded people. When you join the membership, you get access to an ever-growing library of hundreds of exclusive videos on all things spirituality, manifestation, intuition, living in 5D, self-healing, and so much more. Plus, you get access to Ascension School, which is a library of exclusive trance-channeled messages from different Ascended Masters so that you can learn from them for yourself. This is where I share my juiciest, most exclusive downloads and things that I've channeled that I don't share with the public. And you get access to ad-free pre-released podcast episodes. We also have monthly Q&A calls where you can ask me anything and connect with other members. 
monthly manifestation calls, and monthly high 70 energy healing group sessions. It's truly everything you need to raise your vibration, manifest the life you want, and really anchor in 5D consciousness. I have created this container as a really powerful way for you to continue to upgrade and raise your frequency so that you can tap into all of your inner magic. This is the membership I wish I had and what I wanted. So it's really my favorite place to be. And I know that if you love the podcast, if you enjoy my YouTube channel, if you follow me on Instagram, you are going to love this because it is the true deep dive and the most exclusive information. So if you are ready to be expanded, check out the Channel Collective membership. Just head to christinathechannel.com slash membership. All of the information will be there. You can check out the different tiers and get ready to feel expanded and abundant. I can't wait to see you there. So I wanna get into this because I think this is the biggest point of pushback for everybody, which comes down to boundaries, which is like, I I really think one of the core issues for literally every single person is poor boundaries. And we're all, so we do so many things to make everybody else happy. And I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's all just because how are other people going to respond? And so I would love to hear about how you dealt with that. Like what were people's responses? How did you even, you know, bring this forward? Did you tell everybody exactly what you were doing? Uh, and then how did people respond? And then how did you deal with that? Okay. So I think part of how I've talked about it has evolved with my willingness to be seen as imperfect because that's also evolved. When this happened, I was nervous that I wouldn't be seen as inspiring because all I want to be is an inspiring motivational speaker. To this day, I still feel like that's part of my hopes, dreams, manifestations. But I, because I wanted that so bad, I thought inaccurately that the more perfect you were, the more people will be drawn to you. And it's the inverse, like the more human you are and the more ragged you're willing to be seen as in a way, the more people go, I can grow with you versus like be told by you how to live. So I feel like I've evolved how I'm willing to show up. I don't even do filters anymore personally, because I find it to be just better to like have a pimple on my forehead and just be me. So like, that's that. And I also play with not showing up with makeup, but anyways, side sidebar there. What I found was that for me, I didn't tell a lot of people in the beginning because I knew enough from Sedona. So much came out about how much I wanted to be loved and valued by others and how much I had outsourced the role of approval to everyone but myself. So my job was to bring that back inside. And so I felt protective over myself and I didn't share my journey with very many people in the initial three weeks, which was my test, because I also didn't want to be seen as stupid if it failed. True story. So when it didn't fail, and then I realized, why would I ask for permission for something so important as me taking alone time that will never be on the table of negotiation again? And then I got like, pulled my big girl pants up and was like, no, like I will always take two hours. I will figure it out. I am a powerful human. This is what I'm going to do. Then I started talking about it. And then I got things like, well, you know, if you're a busy working mom, this is impossible. Like this is so unrealistic. And I basically just continue to say, yes, being an entrepreneur has allowed me more flexibility than, than most for sure. Also when it matters enough, you make time for it because if your kid called you and needed help, if your sister called you needed to move her house, if somebody called you in distress every day, you would make move, you would move mountains to show up for your people, but you can't do it for yourself myself included. That was like a big wake up moment for me. So then I just decided that that's what I had to do. And so thankfully it also happened during the pandemic where 
people were in all their own versions of survival, that not a lot of people were really trying to speak into my life or even seeing my life because they were consumed with theirs. So I think I got a little insulation from that just right there. Yeah. But, and then you also got some like other pushback, uh, mom's work. Like, yeah, I did. I got, I actually took a chapter out of the book because I'm still in it. I'm not standing on it, but it had to do with sister wounds and friendships, female friendships. And that's been a very hard thing feeling like it's hard for me to make and keep friends who aren't competing with me or, um, disapproving silently of me. And just the energetics of that has never felt very clean. I'm still kind of in that I would say, but what was very hard for me is the women were the critics. And I, on one hand, I, I should know that because I run a gym, I own a gym and men, as soon as a woman has a baby, she's gone. Like basically we can say you've had a baby. Great. We can't count on your membership revenue for the next two years. And so it's sort of like that is how we've, we've known it. There's always exceptions, but it felt like generally that. And then men were, were more willing to show up for themselves. So I knew it was a problem. I also was raised and surrounded by a more traditional view of gender roles in a family where really it's not just default parent goes to the mom. That's a no brainer, but I was surrounded by a lot of people who really felt called to being stay at home moms and there for better, for worse tends to be two camps of moms. It's I work, I'm a mom and I'm proud of it. And it's, I stay at home and I sacrifice for my kids and I'm proud of it. And it's really hard to say, can I cheer for you and you cheer for me? And we both don't do it the same way. And you don't see that very often. So for me, that just came up with snarky comments that came up with like, well, do you let Michael take two hours as if it's up to me to let him advocate for himself? So there's so many baked in assumptions with the questions that I would get asked that just felt really hard. I mean, I can totally connect with that in in my own way. I think like, you know, we have that in common just with uh, female friendships. And I've talked about that a lot and how I just, I keep a lot of things private because I've had so many people like get close and then there's so much judgment or I get a lot of, you know, the competition for, for sure. And I think it's just like, so sad. It's so sad to me because we spend so much time like pitting ourselves against each other. And for me, it's like, what would happen if we just didn't? And yeah, like, it just feels like such a big distraction. You know what I mean? Well, I almost, I almost wonder if it's intentional. I kind of think it is intentional because I'll tell you this. When I was reading Kennedy, my daughter books before bed, almost every adversary for little girl books is another girl. And if you look at Disney, who are the villains? Who are the nemesis? Yeah. Like it's almost all girl versus girl. And that is being programmed in us as little girls. And I've like been notorious for like taking Sharpies and like crossing out and rewriting full books in her nursery. Cause I don't want the nannies to read her the wrong version. Cause I mm-hmm. change stories all the time for her. And I realized like that has so ingrained in our culture because we've had to historically compete for the most eligible bachelor for like actual survival. And it's like, can we get out of that state and can we actually show up for each other? Yeah, 100%. And And I I think that also like it further fuels this like poor boundaries, people pleasing energy. I feel like this is a conversation I'm having with so many female entrepreneurs right now. And I'm like, what decisions do you make for you? 
Like if you look at every single decision you make, you ask yourself, is this for me or for this other person? It's this holy shit moment of every single decision I'm making is for someone else. Yeah. Because we've been told that martyrdom is the crowning achievement of the woman who is valued. And honestly, I've watched that make more miserable lives than I've ever seen it actually provide value to people behind the closed doors and behind curtains that you get to peek into. And you're like, but I don't know that I buy the I'm so joyful and happiness thing. Like, I don't know that I can feel that around you. And now that I trust my feelings, I'm interesting energy. I'm reading this right. That's not a pure vibration. You're not that happy. Oh, you're not that happy. So, and it's true. It's true. And people know that, you know, deep down. And so then the question is like, how do I get out of my people pleasing tendencies? Like, what is that actually looking like? Oh, that's been, so to me, it's been just a lot. It's a journey into graciousness with yourself and not giving away your power. I think there's like combination of like, how can I be kind and reparent myself is a big piece of it. Some, some things like I made a mistake. I'm late. I let someone down. It's okay. I see that you're doing your best. It's like what I would say to my daughter. It's like, I don't even, I was so mean to myself. And I write about it in the book of like bitchy Brittany and pleasing prudence. And like, they're always guilt tripping me with some bullshit variety that I've chosen. But it's like, for me, getting out of people pleasing is not betraying yourself and actually getting reconnected to your wants and needs. I was so disconnected from all my wants and needs. Like the most vulnerable time for me in this whole journey was when I decided to take two hours And then I sat there and realized I didn't even know what to do with two hours. And I judged myself harshly for that moment. So I literally had to sit down and be like, what do I even like for fun? What's fun for me? What have I ever, and I couldn't come up with anything. So like, what have I ever done that I felt like I liked there? I got a list going. It was like two or three things. I quickly found out it was nature. I quickly found out I actually loved my inner world. Part of being highly sensitive is I have a very vibrant world. You could lock me in a room and I'm going to have a freaking party in my brain. And I literally didn't know that about myself. So that that was really magical. And then I liked dancing. It's like, I haven't danced in so long for myself or just by myself, just to music. So I kind of leaned in on those three things and then spiced it up here and there with like a float experience or, you know, a cryo tank experience here and there, or acupuncture, like something that felt really unique and fun and adventurous. But that to me is people pleasing. Like you have to, re- you're so disconnected from your needs and wants. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's so powerful. Like if to me, there's got to be a point if, if you're trying to uphold stronger boundaries, if you're trying to, or clearer boundaries, I should say, uh, if you're trying to get out of people pleasing, what are you going to do to shift the pattern? Like, what are you going to do to interrupt the pattern? Which is pick one thing that yes. you are unapologetically, like yes. you're not budging on ever at all. Yeah. And it, it, maybe it's the two hours, maybe it's something else, but, and then show up for that. And I think what was really fascinating for me of like in this story, it's, it's those little moments of like, this is one I connected with for sure. And you're like, okay, I have my two hours in my calendar. And somebody on her team is like, oh, I see you have a block here. Can we put this meeting in here? Right. And it's like during your two hours. And I forget what you said it was titled. And it's like, I feel like so many little moments like that come up with entrepreneurs. I, I talk to my friends yeah. about this all the time. And it's like, those are all of the little places we budge. And then now suddenly when you had two hours blocked out every single day, it just turned into I somehow now only have 20 minutes to myself because yeah, I let that budge in that moment. I think that's what Mm -hmm. most people do. Yeah. And then you sit there and you betray yourself, which goes back to the people pleaser tendencies. 
And then we normalize it because martyrdom as a mom and entrepreneur, because it shows up in both ways, like fall on the sword for the team, take one for the team. Like we have all of those phrases that we feel like are just badges of honors for how loyal and great we are to work for. But the truth is every time I betrayed myself, I modeled to my team how to burn out faster. And what I actually believe is if we attract, like attracts like, coaches attract clients like them, entrepreneurs attract employees like them. And the truth is like I had attracted burnout cases, amazing humans, super talented and amazing, but all of us sacrificed too much for the company. And so when I had to show up like that and stick to my guns, I knew it because I was sick of hearing the team complain about burnout. Because what they were mirroring for me was that I was actually so out of whack myself, but I didn't have eyes to see it till I face planted. So I was like, no, we are all collectively miserable at this, which means someone has to be good at it. And it might as well be the leader because that'll do the most to shift the paradigm. 100%. And I think also with that, like, yeah, you see that bleed out into the business and how everybody's showing up, but then also the examples with your kids, you know, and how Kennedy will be like, Hey, did you take your two hours? And I think, I wonder how different my personality would be if I had seen my parents model that to me of taking time for themselves, because so much of my, you know, like working through workaholism, I would look back and I'm like, this was what was modeled to me. Totally. You know, uh, from a very, very young age. And I think that's a lot of like, the, like mom guilt that, that comes up. And you know, I, I haven't been in that experience, so I can only imagine, but I'm sure there are a lot of moms who are listening and they're like, what, what about my, my kids and the guilt that comes up? And I think like those examples of, but what if you're modeling for a child that they should take time for themselves? And it seems like your kids have responded pretty well. Yes. And I've also seen that Kennedy has people pleasing tendencies. And she got it straight from me. I got it straight from my ancestors. Like it's a whole family theme Mm -hmm. that I can choose to rewrite from her and future generations. But so I see that in her. And so part of the mom guilt came up when she kind of had this assumption of, aren't you going to meet and fulfill all of my needs? Because, and granted she's five, right? Like, so I'm not going to be like, you're independent woman. Like don't need your mom for anything. I'm not (laughs) saying that, but I could see how this is going to manifest in her life. If I don't model and it's not up to me, she's on her own life journey. I want to be clear about that. Because one of the dark sides, I think, as moms is having access to all these therapists out there blaming our parents for all of our problems. And then we're also the parents. So then we're so hard on ourselves because all we've been taught is to blame our parents, which now we're the parents. And now we're worried we're sending our kids to therapy. I'd rather err on that than the way I think prior generations have. But it's still a problem. But with Kennedy, she would be like, you know, I would see things like, mom, how do you think I look? I'm wearing this beautiful dress. Don't you love it? And I said, do you love it? Well, I wore it for you, mom well, what do you think about it? Well, I don't know. It's not my favorite. I think you always look beautiful. Why don't you go put something on that is your real favorite? I can't wait to see what that looks like. You know, it's like, I have to, now I'm aware. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the thing right there. But now she'll say, I need alone time. And she's got a two in her human design. And she's, she's an HSP like me, highly sensitive person. And we need alone time. And so she'll say, if I'm out of sorts, mom, did you take your alone time? sort of sort of like passive aggressive mode <laughs> calls you but out. she's right and I'm like yeah. no girl I didn't and this is why mom needs alone time because I'm a better mom and human when I get it yeah and she can tell and like yeah, one of the totally things can. one of the things that has unlocked or shifted has been like as we touched on the spiritual journey which I want to talk about uh going from you know pastor's daughter <laughs> uh to uh, energy healer psychic <laughs> 
I love it. Uh, so I really want to hear like how that unfolded, how that unfolded for you and how you see, like, cause I think this topic of like religion, spirituality is very interesting. I feel there's way more overlap than not. Uh, and I know that you've kind mm -hmm. of been, you know, in the middle of like feeling pulled between those two worlds or like the different judgments or assumptions. And so I'm curious, what are some of the things that maybe you were taught growing up that you had to kind of reconfigure your beliefs around or like what opened up yeah. for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I went on so many things like for me, what shifted with just the two hour journey. Cause before that I was agnostic at best. Like I was like, I want to believe in a God, not sure about the Jesus situation because I haven't personally felt a lot of excitement and love from that experience but it seems to work for others, but it hasn't brought a lot of greatness to me. And so I pretty much would be, I didn't go to church. I wasn't reading my Bible. Like I would get triggered if I walked into a church building and want to like run as soon as I got in. So I like was at a whole level around it and ignore, like basically also faking for all of my family and friends that I could put up with them talking about it. But I was like dying inside every minute. So in complete, like not able to even articulate my truth. But what I started to realize was I, my soul chose my parents and my family for a reason. And it's actually brought me a lot of peace because what my parents always did wonderfully was teach me how to hold on to childlike curiosity and faith. Granted, I kind of killed that sucker once I just got angry and blamed God, blamed everyone but myself for my problems and then like had to step into some version of responsibility for where I was. But I would say like, I'm thankful I grew up in such a religious context because it is really not hard for me to truly believe. I just didn't know what I believed. So like, I think that's what I would say is like, I'm really good at believing things and going all in on things like as evidence of me taking two hours a day. Like I'm like, if I believe it's going to work, I am going to go hard on it. And I have like Alice in Wonderland energy around anything's possible. Everything could be fun. And so I really feel like those were huge assets for me in this journey because I got to be unattached and I got to be curious. And then I let it build over time with what started to resonate as truth, because that's what I started to recognize in myself. As I started to trust myself and not betray myself and understand my wants and needs, I started to realize that I actually had really strong instincts about what felt good and what didn't feel good. I now know that to be like, I have sacral authority, which is my human design way of making decisions. If it's not a full body, yes, it's a no. Well, the same thing can be applied to God and religion. What feels so wrong? You know what feels so wrong? Holding a brand new baby and thinking they're a sinner. Straight up, I don't even know how you can do that personally. So even when I think about what were the things that as a kid, I didn't love. Well, I didn't love the way sexuality was weaponized against women. In my opinion, I didn't love the way that women's sexuality and our pleasure was for another human being and never for ourselves, or that was considered wicked and evil. And I don't necessarily say my parents taught me that, but like I was a youth group leader. I was like the Sunday school girl. Like I got that message from so many summer camps and so many youth pastors and so many, this, like my parents didn't try to put that on me, but that's what was received through the collective around the Christian group. And so that was harmful. And so I kind of like, no, I've, I've really have an issue with pleasure. Why did I become aware of this? Because I wanted to manifest. I wanted big dollars coming in. And everyone kept talking about what's your relationship to receiving. 
receiving good things. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then somehow it's always coming back to sex for all these spiritual humans. And I'm like, why are we all talking about this? Why does your orgasm have anything to do with this? And then I started to realize, oh, receiving pleasure, creator energy, sexual energy. You want to manifest, you want to co-create, you're going to be a creator. How's your sex life? And I started to just go, okay, kind of get that that might be true. Yeah. And I started playing with masturbation for the first time, like really ever in a way that that felt fun and exciting. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much this. Plus I have a 59 gate in human design, which is like the sexuality gate. And so it's like this whole thing that I've secretly known has been a huge power for me. And I just haven't given myself the permission to explore it. So that was really powerful. Yeah. And with that, you became a really good manifester you know, like I totally did because (laughs) I, I took it, what you said and what a lot of my mentors were like, you have to get good about this. And like, then there's this whole Tantra thing of like orgasming to your vision. And that ruined orgasms also enhanced orgasms forever. And now I sort of have this mindset of like, and I'm going to cringe that I'm saying this, but it feels right. It's like, I almost have this vision of like universe, fuck me wide open with all of my dreams. And that's actually now my energy. Yeah. And it's it's so wild, but it feels so like true. And that's what I started to find more than anything is follow what feels true and recognize that I think it's you that say like people align to different truths, like they would tune into a radio station. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to stop focusing on people who messed me up or messages that were wrong and harmful for me. And it became more about, I've chosen a different radio station and it feels fucking good. 100%. But, and then also like being on the radio stations that didn't feel good, got you closer to the one that does. Right. So like, I think about that all the time with like, I'm so grateful. I grew up Catholic and religious and had all of those experiences because it was all of that, that guided me toward figuring out what felt good here. And I had a very similar journey with like understanding. I mean, I could go off on, on sex. Like I have so much to say about that and, and all of like the past life memories and priestesshood and sex magic. And it's like, holy shit. And then you go back to childhood and it's like, I felt that dissonance like at that time. Right. I like felt that I knew that on a cellular like level. And this, I think one of the things that always really rubbed me the wrong way was it was like, how come I'm not allowed to have this connection with God myself? Really? Like it's only, it has to be filtered through you because you're a priest. Like, and the priests weren't doing nice things and it was, everyone knew about that, you know? And I think just this, this realization of like, oh my God, I can have this direct connection. I can ask for what I want and receive that. And I'm not a bad person. Cause I think one of the things that I personally got imprinted with through my religious upbringing was like, I'm fundamentally bad and I'm bad if I ask for something and I get it. If I achieve, I'm a bad person. You need to achieve, but you're bad if you get something good. I was like, what the fuck is that? You know, that's all wrapped up in, into, you know, receiving a sexuality and money and are you bad if you have more money? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that also can bleed over into the spirituality space because there's this whole part of it where people think that having money is bad. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we're, it we're so disconnected from like what love really is. You know what I mean? Well, it's sort of like we've glorified the detachment from needing material wealth to prove we're good. And you see that. And on one hand, it's like a beautiful thing to say, like, you don't need to have wealth to be happy. I think that's like a great message. How it gets taught shown is hate money so that you can be good. And I'm like that. I don't know that anyone would say that's what I'm trying to show with my life, but I think those are messages that we're getting at large. And so even in the spiritual world, like 
I don't need any of this because I'm not from this space. I'm not from earth or whatever. And like, I'm more even alien because of all of this. And it's just like, that's why I've literally decided I'm not trading one system for another. I didn't leave Christianity so that I could become all like new age over here. I've just decided to take my power back. Like that's what it was. And it became, and then really still connecting to source, really still connecting and finding relationship with Jesus again and finding relationship with mother Mary again, and having all these beautiful relationships come around me and feel unfiltered Mm -hmm. and feel really pure and allow me to feel like this is, feels like how it was supposed to be and how it actually probably was when Jesus walked the earth, when people just resonated to vibrations around all the teachers out there and they found who they wanted to follow. And there was no system around it. Mm-hmm. At least to me, that felt really pure and good to go. I'm not just trying to like change camps here. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of freedom around that, that feels really aligned with what I understand to be truth and God. 100%. I totally agree. And with that, so you went through a high yes. <laughs> training and I just think that's just like my favorite plot twist. <laughs> it is because do you want to know how it came up? You were talking about it on social and I was like, that seems kind of badass. And then you were like, I use this every day to manifest. And I'm like, okay, she's using it every day to manifest. So you've got my attention because I'm here to make millions or whatever, <laughs> you know? And I was like, weirdly, I'm getting a yes weirdly I'm getting a yes. And then I was like, okay, do I do level one or level two? And then I got a yes to both. And I'm like, I don't understand why I would need level two, but I'm going to go get level two. And it's been so wild to work with that energy and just feel like it's just, you just start tingling with pure pink and golden love. Like, I don't even know how else to say it's like, you just feel it's so light. It's so beautiful. And you just like, I just need to sit in this cozy energy for 15 minutes a day. And you can't mess with me at that point. 100%. And I want to hear like, I want to hear how you use it, you know, cause I think you're a great example of people think, oh, well, I don't want to be just like an energy healer giving sessions. Like you don't need to be, if, if you're yeah. a human, use yeah. some energy work on yourself because I use it. I use it more with myself than anybody else. Um, and I want to hear like how, how you use it and what it's done for you. Yeah. So I use it almost, I would say between three and seven times a week. So either it's every day or it's every other day. And I will just set my empathic shield, just like you taught me. And then I say the oath of manifestation right after that, because that feels like electric and awesome. The best phrase is I believe the universe is for me. Like the world is happening for me. And like my whole body lights up and chills. And then I just sit there and I like tune in, send myself the energy for about 15 minutes. And I will set a timer because I... If I have like a hike I want to do or something else, like and most of this is in my car, like this is not like a fancy setup here. And I just like put on some binaural beats and I just send energy and I just feel like I literally feel my vibration shift. And like, so it's like almost like I'm fragmented with my energy and it just like comes right back in. And I'm like, I feel like I am where I need to be, how I need to be. And everything is going to happen for me and exactly the timeline it needs. And then I'm free to go on a hike and I've like got it all together. Like that's how I use it. It's like the first 30 minutes of my two hours goes to that. Love it. Have you used it on your kids? I do. I have used it on my kids. Uh, Thank you for asking that because there's been a few times where either one of them has a crazy ass nightmare and I just send energy to them. I ask, of course, their highest version of self, if it's appropriate for them to receive from me, then let it through, you know, out of respect to their conscious choice. 
but then they go to sleep. Like it feels ridiculously magical and awesome, which is not ridiculous. Probably should rewrite that spell. But anyways, my, but then my son will have like crazy leg cramps and like be crying and screaming in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to go to sleep. Please let me sleep. And then I get this thought, why don't you send him energy? And I'll send energy for like five minutes and he falls asleep. And I use it on my friends who are intuitive healers that are like, we don't, we're kind of picky who we let give us energy, but we love the energy that you send. And I'll send them energy once a week because they feel so much of a difference in the calibration. And then I've even started combining my ability to channel wisdom with it. And that's become my own thing. Whereas like, as I'm over their body and like sending energy. And I always ask, like, can you feel it? Tell me when you can feel it. Cause I, I'm curious cause I can feel it now, but like, can, when did they sense anything? Cause I don't want to, I don't like the idea of people making fun, like stand up comedians will make fun of how like you're getting this con job of like someone being like, I'm going to pay you for a massage, but you're not going to touch my body. So yeah. I kind of think I'm like, no, I just need to know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, the more intuitive they are, the quicker it is for them to recognize it. And then I just like get visuals and messages that come through. And I just share that. And we have conversations like as I'm sending energy around what I'm receiving for that person. Yeah. And well, so what made, what made you like believe in it? You know what I mean? Like, cause you didn't have, you were just, I I mean, this this. is where I'm going to say, I just followed my sacral. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that I believed in it. I just, and I've had friends send me Reiki and I'm like, I can feel it. Cause I have a lot of feeling is my biggest sense. Mm-hmm. So I can feel like tingles and like little chills, I guess is how I describe it throughout my body, almost like a current running yeah. through my body that I'm conscious of. And I'd be like, okay, that feels right. That feels good. Um, I don't know that I'm like healing diseases right now, but that's what my experience was. But then with a high, I was like, I just got a yes. And I followed it. And that's the current, um, the next book I'm going to end up writing is going to be about me massively shifting how I run my business and only do things that get me a sacral. Yes. And I've been doing that for almost a year and it's been lots of twists and turns and plot twists. One of which was energy healing. And now I'm playing with how can I tune into business energetics? How can I sense blocks for my clients? Like where is the energy blocked in the flow of money for them? And sometimes it's, you aren't clean in your money. Mm -hmm. Like you have someone in your life who is not supporting you right now and that's not clean. And until that gets clean, I don't know how this moves. And I think that's just because I'm working with energy now. Now I'm like, I feel that there, I can feel a block. And so that's been really powerful too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like once you understand the energetics of money of love, like like you never go back, you know? So it's like people come in it's like, okay, well in your energy body, your abundance channels are shut the, in your business consciousness, like there are no portals open. You've closed all these doors. It's like, we can literally just open this and get a cash infusion. And it can literally be that, that easy. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, these are the cheat, the cheat sheets. And when we think about, I don't have time. Cause I think that's the biggest block for people like yeah. in life. It's like with anything you want to do, it's like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to take a vacation. It's yeah. like, 
So what if you could collect some tools that gave you your time back, which is, hey, what if I followed my human design with every business decision and I got yeah, to work way less totally. and, and you make more money? You know, what if I started doing energy work on myself, on my business? Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly I don't really have to do much work. You know, like if I, if I don't want to work one day, I can sit down for five minutes and move mountains energetically with my business. It can be that simple, right? If you allow yeah. it to be. And so I think that's like, when we come to time-saving hacks, to me, like the energy piece is it's absolutely everything. And you know, what's funny is before I even learned that for me, from a spiritual standpoint, I stopped doing time management trainings corporately years ago, because I realized it's not about time. It's about your energy. And I didn't know what I was saying, but years ago, I knew you can sit there and like have your little time piece that goes for 45 minutes. And then you go for a walk around the block for 15 and you can do all the right little hacks. But if you're doing things that don't light you up, if you're doing things you hate that suck energy from you, like I don't care how good your time management are, you just aren't productive enough. So that was like what I knew from a business side way before this whole journey. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many dots being connected for me right now. Well, it's like, even when you just said that, it's like time management. It reminds me of stress management. I fucking hate that term. Like yeah, I agree. stress management. It's like, get rid of the fucking stress. Yeah. Like, you don't have to channel it somewhere else. Yeah. Just don't have it. <laughs> it's like time management. What are all of these, the way you're describing it, It's like, what are all these little hacks so I can make the most out of my limited energy versus like get all my fucking energy back. So I don't have to hack my way through it. And I can just get yeah. it done. And then I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like totally. getting out of management, getting out of management for sure. And then I think one of the big lessons coming out of working with my energy and having that allow me to really visualize like truth coming, it's almost like visualizing a stream of truth coming in your crown and coming out of your mouth. Um, I actually had a client when I was going through this whole journey, um, Sarah, who I love was like, can you record everything that you're saying? And we're like in person, this isn't a zoom situation. She's like, I need you to record everything that you're saying, because I can see a beam of white light coming into your head and coming out of your mouth. And that's the first time anyone said that. But before I became, I owned psychic and intuitive, I would have complete moments of what I thought was just genius coming through me. And I was like, I don't know how I know that, but I know that. And I'm just going to say it. And the client's going to go, that was so powerful. Thank you. And I just thought I was smart. So the biggest thing that's been hilarious about this whole journey is realizing maybe I wasn't so smart. Maybe I was actually just like tapped in and actually just intuitive and words of wisdom have just flown through me. And that's one of the ways my gift shows up and why I love consulting and why I love coaching because it comes through that way. Yeah. That was definitely one of my biggest like ego deaths at first. And it's like, and then on the other side, because you know, whenever I'm talking to other people about it, it's like, we're all channeling. Right. And like whenever yeah. everybody has that moment of like, just, it flows out and you're like, Whoa, something just came through me and it was genius. And it's like, on one side, it's like, okay, yeah, the divine just moved through you and you can be like, okay, maybe I'm not that smart. It was something else, but it also is you were the vessel and it really is your higher yeah. self. And so, yeah, it is. You're awesome. And we all have that divine wisdom that wants to like flow through us, move through us. And we all have that direct connection, you know, to like, divine inspiration. Really. It's just about getting out of the way. And I think if I think about taking two hours, if I think about doing the energy work, creating some space, it's like, I'll let me just get my mind and my ego, my limiting beliefs out of the way for a second and see what magic flows through me. Mm -hmm. Just getting out of the way. Yeah. And then for me right now, the big thing that I'm very conscious of is I am so left brained, like getting the left brain to sit down so that the right brain can show up. 
is so hard. And I'm not going to pretend in this episode or conversation that like I've mastered that because I haven't. Like there's still a lot of flexing that muscle and practicing and going basically the other day I was sitting in a circle of very intuitive humans and we were practicing things like holding an object and what's coming up for you. And it was like, if I was allowed to talk, it was accurate. If I had to wait my turn, it wasn't. And I started to recognize, instead of getting frustrated about that, recognize that I'm that wisdom has to flow in the moment and go into that, be welcoming that that's how it shows up for me. That's me honoring like the vessel. And it's funny because even my dad as a pastor would say his prayer before he would go and speak was please have it be your words, not mine. And I now know that to be saying, I don't want my ego to be in the way here. I want truth to come through. And so I feel like I saw that modeled, but just in a less, in a more traditionally accepted way versus like, I feel like what I've learned through the spiritual side is the Bible doesn't contradict a lot of what I believe, but the the system behind the Bible certainly can. And there's a very important difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so much of that is like, you know, different religions, different churches, you know, everybody has a very different experience, uh, but there is way more overlap. And I think underneath it all, it's like coming back to trusting yourself. Right. Because I know for me, everything I do, I cannot prepare for. If I prepare for anything, it's shit because Mm -hmm. my whole life at this point, it's like, just I'm channeling everything. Right. And so it's always just me getting out of the way and it's purely in the moment. And for me to be able to do that and live my life that way has been learning to trust myself, which was a process because you're always going to want like you're, you're always going to want to have your ego ahead of it or prepare if you don't trust yourself, you know? And so I think it's all of this is, these are all little spaces where we can learn to get to know ourselves more and trust ourselves more. And it's like a great place to start is two hours. And even, you know, it's (laughs) funny, even from a practical standpoint, like when I was doing trainings for fortune 500 companies, I started to realize that I was massively over preparing content. Like I spent way too long on my slides or like my speaking outline and all this stuff. And when I started to awaken and like recognize the power of energy and being intuitive, I was like, people are literally paying me for my energy. I have undervalued that my whole life, but everybody says, Peyton, your mate, your energy is great. A lot of that was just like manifest or um, MG energy, manifesting generator energy. Now that it's actually not haphazard and it's legitimately something I curate and take care of, I do understand that that's a currency in and of itself and I'll charge for it. And I'll just be like, you know what? If I have a half an hour to plan for a session that I'm going to teach or lead, I'm going to spend most of it getting in the right vibration. 100%. And I got way better results every time I did that. So it's I was like, frequency. okay, this is working. <laughs> it is. It is. It's all, it's all frequency. And I think there's so much freedom in that of like, if I just focus on feeling really good and lit up, like everything comes yeah. directly to me. And of course that's very much a generator MG thing, but it's true for everybody. You know, it's really yeah. like the more all of us really are lit up and like loving our lives and love ourselves, like that emanates out and everything else kind of sorts itself out, you know? Uh, and I think there's just a lot of freedom in that. So I'm really excited for people to uh, dive into this book and break out of our people pleasing <laughs> habits and learn healthy boundaries for sure. And I just can't recommend it enough. You guys, it's such such a good book. And the podcast gets a few shout outs. Thank you for that. I love them. So I totally. I mean, <laughs> you were with me. I'm like, I think I've bought every course you've offered and know, it was the best. perfect at that season I was in trying to piece together 
what my new understanding of the world is and embracing it's also in evolution. Mm. And I get to be evolving and I get to have my, my awareness shifting too. And that I get to be obsessed of the process, not just the destination. So I think that's been really powerful. I love that so much. And for anybody who wants to pick up the book, where can they do that? And where can they, can they connect with you further? Yeah. So you can, you, if you want to connect with me, I'm obsessed with TikTok and Instagram. It's at Peyton Hughes. Both of those are great. Um, and then in terms of the book, you can get it at Barnes and Noble or Amazon and it's just take two T W O. And then it's my name, Peyton Hughes. Amazing. Amazing. And when you guys get it, take a screenshot, post it to social and tag yes. Peyton, uh, so she can see, cause I, I know there's nothing better than seeing those. They'll never get old. They never get and old. You know, no, it's like a piece of you out there. Yeah. And I mean, I've made more confessions in these pages than I ever would have dared. And so hundred percent. It's going to yeah. be fun to see how it lands for people. One of the things that really like hit me was when I released my book, Christina Glickman had, she made a comment that, you know, how she is, she just says things and your whole body melts. Like, oh my God, I, I know. love you. I just love her so much. And she says something like, uh, like, I just want you to know how much I appreciate this because I understand that in holding this book, I'm holding a piece of your heart. And I just, yeah. I just burst out sobbing. Like, I mean, I'm getting teary. I just thinking about what she said that. Cause it just, that was exactly yeah. what it was. And I think as consumers and I think about all of the books I've read and I'm like, I didn't think of it that way before, yeah. but, uh, that's very much how I feel. And th- it's very true for this book as well. Like I'm reading this and I'm like, this is like, this is Peyton's heart on pages right? And like, you know, experiencing it from that space just makes it even more precious a gift, you know? So I want you to know, I recognize that and I see it that way. And I think it's just helpful to, to hear as a reader consumer, because there is so much that goes into putting out a book. And I, you know, I've gotten to see all of the things that you have overcome and moved through. And it's a very like personal internal growth process battle. There's so much that comes up in, in publishing a book for sure. And it's, it's not easy. So I am just really excited for you. And I, and I see that and I'm just, I can't wait for everybody to, to get their hands on it. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. This was amazing. You're the best. So are you. I love this conversation. Huge thank you to Peyton for coming on the podcast. Be sure to check out her book, Take Two. You can find it on Amazon. We'll put the links in the show notes below. And you can connect with her at PeytonHughes.com and on social media at PeytonHughes. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share it to social media, tag me, tag Peyton, and tag at Christina, the channel podcast. I always appreciate those shares so much. It's the best way to support the show and help other people find the episode. And if anyone popped in your mind while you were listening to this, who you think might feel supported or understood or find this interesting, if they listen to the episode, go ahead and send them the link, send a little love their way. Just a simple way to circulate some of that giving loving energy. That is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.